if you disagree here, but I, I theorized over, number one, they have to adopt Palantir to derive value. Number two, they can either outsource and connect different individualistic systems together to try and create something that's on level with Palantir. Number yeah. three, they can either, it, it, you know, really invest in their own IT house to, to derive value. And once again, those final two examples seem kind of implausible. Because number one, the cost, often uh, th these things are incredibly expensive to do so. Number two, they often don't work. And number three, if you're an organization that wants to sell, you know, a thousand cars or something, why in the world do you want to invest so heavily in your IT team? It's so much more, more plausible in my view and likely that these organizations will, will go out and adopt a holistic solution that's, that's, that's ready out of the box that can provide huge value. Um, for example, Palantir. I think that reply was, was very interesting and, and true. The fact that software at a competitive edge is here now. It's just yeah. a question of which organizations are going to adopt it quickly and which are going to survive. And that's a question I think organizations are going to grapple with in, in the future. On that topic- And how they use it. Yeah, and how, the, how they use the data too. And I read a report by, De, uh, I think it was Deloitte a few months ago, and they stated, we've already passed a point in which data has importance. Now it's how, <laughs> how, how the data is used, how the data is leveraged, and, and, and what yeah. software is used in order to derive value. So I think it's, it's a very interesting reply. Tell me how sticky Palantir be can become, because I don't like being too theoretical and too speculative over the future of Palantir. I really try Absolutely. to ground myself. But at the same time, not only does Palantir enable network effects, but it's also yeah. extremely sticky um, in the context of applications build, being built on top, um, just the use cases and how useful it can be for your, for your, your organization. How sticky can Palantir become? And I mean, they have a, a fairly good um, rate now in terms of stickiness. I can't remember the exact figure, but it must be a few years um, in terms of the average contract duration. You, what are you expecting this figure to do in the future? Is it too unrealistic to assume that an organization is going to use a software like Palantir for the next 10 years, for the next 15 years, or even longer? Is that unrealistic and too speculative? Or is that actually a possibility that organizations may be using Palantir for the next 5, 10, 15 plus years? There's, okay, so there's, there's a few things here. Um, the, the second point you mentioned there, Christian, remind me about the whole, uh, the 10, 15 years thing, if I don't get to it, okay? Because I might, mm -hmm. I might okay. lose it. But, okay, let me address something. Palantir, guys, I'm telling you right now, and this is not speculative. Like, I'm one of the most realistic people talking about Palantir. I'm telling you, like, I, I've, I've, even, I've even presented, like, stupid bear cases, okay? <laughs> but I'm telling you, Palantir will be the definition of a sticky product if they get into a company. Okay, the, the reason I say that and the reason I can say that with such high confidence is because like they literally are building it to be sticky like that. They're, they're making an operating system. They're not making one product. Now, this whole modularizing their stuff, actually, I think it's going to reduce their stickiness, to be very honest with you. Um, it might be hard for them to upsell because, sure, they might, they might say, okay, I'll, I'll take on your data suite, but we already have a data lake that you can connect to. And Palantir might say, okay, well, what about the analytics side of it and all this other stuff? And then they can say, Okay, well, you know, we already have this other thing. And then you're dealing with a people problem, right? But if somebody, if a company takes on Palantir as a full product, it'll be very, very tough to remove that. Like, I, I will argue that it'll almost never be removed, barring any crazy, you know, stupid issues or whatever with the system. The number one reason, I'll tell you right now, the number one reason people switch software in companies is because of, well, yeah, so two, re two reasons they can hash as number one, which is either the money which is usually a, like a kind of a moot point because you know the price already, okay? Um, it's either money or it's something to do with the integrations. And when I mean integrations, like when a product comes in and, and I know that, uh, you know, Dave Lee talked to Jackson about this exact thing. No software, guys, no software works out of the box when it comes in. 
all these demos work all fine and all the salespeople sit in meeting rooms and they, they, you know, they schmooze you and all this stuff. But the developers in those meeting rooms, they look at each other and they're like, okay, how much do I have to fight you to get anything done here? They know that, okay? So this stuff never works out of the box. Those are the two reasons why people switch half the time. Now, the one problem with the integrations bit is almost solved already with Palantir because the entire suite is with the same company. They built the whole software to work well with each other. Right. And on top of that, to actually connect to like a third party database is not very difficult. Like it's, it's actually quite an easy problem. So by Palantir saying, okay, we're going to modularize and do that. They're, they're like saying, okay, fine. We know we can do this already, but here you go. Kind of thing. It's almost like a throwaway. Right. So it is going to be the definition, the definition of a sticky product. In my opinion, the problem is selling it. Right. Mm. The, the, that's the biggest problem and on top of that. Palantir, to be honest, is one of the most mature things I've ever, like I've ever, and I haven't even seen what the, the salespeople sell uh, through Palantir, right? But just from the demos, it is one of the most mature pieces of software. And a lot of times, Christian, like when, when sales teams go and sell software, they take the Oracle approach, which is basically trying to sell futures, right? They'll say, oh, we have this great solution. It's going to do this in the future, but they'll tell you it already does it. And then they'll basically put their developers and your developers like on, on you know on top of a fire and say just get it done, <laughs> right? So with Palantir, the product maturity is fantastic. The problem now is the sales cycle. So yeah, it's one hundred percent going to be sticky. And and um, the whole 10, 15 years thing, Christian, right? Yeah. To address that, the reason why it won't go away, guys. On top of that, is because once software gets into companies, it is very hard to remove it mainly because you have to go, it's months, like getting software onboarded itself is months, which by the way, is a very huge advantage for Palantir because they can do it in weeks, like in a matter of like six weeks or something, right? Um, so onboarding like realistically takes a quarter, maybe two quarters at the very least. Um, but so on top of that, it's basically like a, like a sunk cost fallacy, more or less, right? So companies will say, oh, I already spent so much time. We, we took the sales guy out for lunch. He bought us a really nice lunch. And, you know, it's like, maybe we'll just use it. It's okay. We'll just hire <laughs> Shivari over here to be a consultant and do the rest of the integrations. That's pretty much how I make my living, <laughs> yeah. right? So I know this. I've heard this from people all the time where they're like, ah, because I've told people, I'm like, why are you using this shit? It's, it's terrible. Like, I'm, you're, you're paying me so much money to do stuff that I, you know I shouldn't be doing, <laughs> And usually they're like, oh, it's okay, man. It's fine. Somebody else made this decision. So <laughs> we'll just leave it. Don't worry yeah. about it. Right. So it's for, for a crappy software like that, it stays in the business for five to five to six years, up to a decade, if it's good. So Palantir, if it gets in there, plus it's an operating system, it will stay there for decades, decades. Right. On top of that, because it's an ecosystem or, or full operating system, they're providing the updates that they would provide would be a little bit more of a rolling style rather than it's like, you know, they'll call us and say, oh, uh, hey guys, you know, I know you're using this, but we're going to make an update and they don't provide what's called breaking changes. And then it, you know, craps your entire thing and you have to go back and forth with their team to fix it. Right. This stuff will be largely solved with something like Palantir. So yeah, man, it'll be 100% the stickiest product you'll ever see. Let's just, we really have to sell it though. That's a problem. I mean, just think of like Skywise, right? Pardon? Just think of Skywise. Skywise, yeah. is a Boeing really going to get removed yeah. Palantir when you have productivity <laughs> improvements and increased efficiency on cost, time, and everything? Like, yeah. is that really a plausible argument? But on the other side, I don't want to say, you know, Palantir is going to be used forever in an organization because once again, that sounds too speculative. So I'm trying to like remain on the safe side and, and understand how sticky Christian, can... You know why it won't be used forever? Like to, to, to provide you with something, right? You know why you might be right where you can say like it might not be used forever? Tell me. Because uh, so what happens is usually for developers, the, the time that you spend at a company is around anywhere between a year to two years. 
Uh, and that's that's not a problem. The problem is the the middle management, right? So like the directors and the VPs, they don't spend longer than three years at a company. So every time they get hired, and I and on all my videos, I try to stress the sort of like the human approach to this, right? When they get hired, they want to make a difference. Mm. They don't want to just use the stuff the previous guy did, right? They don't want sloppy seconds or whatever. Mm, <laughs> so they, yeah. they want to sit there and actually say, I want to make a difference. So they'll say, okay, what new thing is in the market? And they'll <laughs> get guys like me or staffing agencies to say, okay, you go find something that's new and like, let's make it work, <laughs> even though it's, it's going to cost more. Mm. So there's a human problem here, but it's hard. It's, it'll actually be hard to do that with Palantir because they might only be able to say, okay, we're using Foundry, but maybe we're not going to use the, uh, um, you know, the, an the analytic solution. Let's use something else for that. They might piecemeal that out, but once they do that, they're going to quickly realize that it's not as you're going to have to do integrations. There's a lot of rolling costs. There's like professional services you got to pay for, white labeling, all this other stuff needs to happen. So um, mm -hmm. it might happen, but it might happen because of a human reason. And that guy is going to get fired real quick after. So. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about them for deployed engineers that Palantir requires um, to go towards organizations and, and kind of um, fit the software or specialize the software in some sort yeah. of manner. I've heard you speak about this in a podcast and I thought it was really interesting. Is Palantir yeah. truly scalable in consideration of the fact that you have to have a forward deployed engineer go out and, and kind of integrate the product within an organization?